0: Love Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. This is Truth Light, and I am back. You know, okay. And our show is the Light of Truth. You guys know that if you're listening, I guess. Um, I was gonna say, you know, I'm, I'm a little interesting with this show because I only really show up when uh, I'm inspired to. I suppose. <laughs> I mean. It's interesting to see how uh, how when your reasoning for doing things um, is such that it's to be of outflow, the pressure is gone. Okay, so just you know to to shed it, and this isn't necessarily our topic, I don't guess, except maybe it does tie into it. When I began this show, it was just something that I do to um, be of service to just outflow a little bit and share with people and let them know somebody's here who cares and and uh you know I don't I don't make anything from doing the show and I don't really get anything business-wise out of it at least at the moment the premise behind it really is um one to assist me in keeping my energy where it needs to be and that's why I do it first thing in the morning And uh, the reason I'm telling you this is because I think we all can find what works for us, right? So for me, I'm very big on walking my talk. And so when I decided to do this show, it was so that I would roll out of bed because it's 7.30 here in the West and uh, have to start my day as I would if I were teaching a class or giving a talk or a lecture or something, And I would have to have my head in the right space from the very beginning of the day. And so that was actually the beginning premise of the show was I didn't think anybody would listen (laughs) because I haven't promoted it. I don't really know how blog talk works. So it's kind of neat that people are finding me, but I just want to share with you that, you know, we all can find what works for us. So for me, it was a way of disciplining myself to keep my energy straight from the very beginning of the day. I have to get my head in the game immediately because I have to be here for you guys. The beautiful part is it's not a job. It's not something that I get paid to do. It's something that that I have committed to do on a, a weekday basis. But if I miss a show here or there, if you call in or you go to listen and I'm not here, it's because I'm I'm traveling or I'm doing something with my life and and I have... Uh, found this this manner of not letting myself get caught up in the, oh, my God, I have to be there because I have this show and blah, 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 and, you know, it, it can get a little carried away. I did it first, and then I found that was sort of ridiculous because if I went back to the original reasoning for doing this show, it was for me to have my head in the right place, and if I'm stressed about doing the show and getting, you know, agitated and that kind of thing, then it's not really... Um, I'm not fulfilling the original intent of the show, right so <clears throat> so i've I've kind of been here and there and and doing most of the shows, but sometimes I don't show up and and I just want to thank you guys for coming back and listening if you're somebody who does that and remind you the archives are always here and if I don't show up for a show, it usually means that I'm off doing something kind of nifty mm-hmm. <clears throat> or I'm coughing and I can't speak. Um, but most of the time, because I'm off doing something kind of nifty. So this last week that I've I've sort of been here and gone and here and gone, I was visiting with uh, with some people that mean a great deal to me in life, and and it was wonderful to have the freedom to do so. And and so we just today I think we just want to talk about about what we do in our own lives. When no one else is watching, what what is the reasoning behind the things that we do? Sometimes, for instance, when I get stressed about, oh, my God, I have to be there for the show. No, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't spend time with my mom. I can't, whatever it may be, because I have to do this show. I have to step back and go, okay, why was I doing this show again? And And do I really need to miss out on something so important to me to do a radio show that was intended to help me with my energy and in the end helps you know other people with theirs and that's fantastic because that's really kind of my path here in life so i'm going to encourage you guys to during this show sort of take a look at the things in your life that you do and why you do them because we uh we can get caught up. Things that began as something we just wanted to enjoy become stressors or pressures, and they don't need to. That's simply us allowing the energy to carry us away. And uh, as a society, we're kind of programmed to be stressed out. I don't know. It's a little crazy. So, so that's what we're going to be talking about today, and, and um, also kind of the topic <coughs> that I was given while um while i was meditating this morning was while no one is watching and uh when i asked for more um more clarity on that it was really taking note of what you're like when nobody else is around you know and for a lot of people i notice a lot of people that i work with and that kind of thing and just you know clients and people i see in life because i'm a people watcher i love to watch people and so a lot of times people are a lot nicer when nobody else is watching than you know i mean it can go both ways obviously but but it's interesting to see how people will oftentimes hide their kindness and that's actually what they're like when nobody's watching and they're not as Hard or cold, or when nobody's watching, so it's interesting to see and it's it's very good to look at every once in a while what are you like when nobody else is around when nobody else knows what you're doing so that's those are kind of the things we're going to talk about today, and I apologize I still have the cough, um, but it's not as bad as it was, so hopefully over the next couple of days, we'll get rid of that, and by Monday I'll be back to normal. I also just want to share with you all that. I am back in Flagstaff now! Hooray! 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 I've been traveling for the last week, and I'm super excited to be home with my little cosmic canine crew, my little doggies. And so, at the moment, as we're speaking, I'm sitting in my little my little log house cabin thing, and uh, up on the mountain in the forest in the Coconino National Forest, and uh, it is snowing. It is the most beautiful morning. Oh, my gosh. When they said there was going to be snow last night, I was like a little five-year-old on Christmas Eve. I could hardly sleep, and I kept waking up in the middle of the night, looking out the windows, seeing if there was snow yet. And there wasn't, and there wasn't, (coughs) and there wasn't. And then I woke up this morning, and I thought, oh, fine, it probably just, you know, they were probably wrong. It didn't snow. And I looked out, and lo and behold, little white flakes floating down from the sky, and white all over the ground and just so exciting. So of course the dogs and I had to run down the stairs and go play in the snow at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so ah yes, yeah, so we're sitting here at our big picture window in the front of our little log cabin watching the snow come down as we as we share with you guys today. Obviously drinking very hot coffee and trying to stay toasty warm. And uh so so, there you have it, just to paint the picture for you so uh, all right, so first, we want to go into um while no one is watching because that's really the topic that I was given by whoever it is that speaks to me um, and I think that I think that it's very good to step back and and really. Not only look at yourself, but look at the people around you and get a feel for what are we you know what we're really like um, in a lot of cases, people say you know what you're like when nobody is watching is who you really are i don't know that I agree with that because I think that everything that's that whole relativity thing you know, so when nobody's watching i don't know are we more or less ourselves, you know? Because if there's somebody watching or that we're interacting with, could it be that we bring out just another part of ourselves, not that we're not being ourselves. We're just exposing a different part. And why do we, you know, when, when we're on our own, when nobody's watching, and say we get a phone call, a challenging phone call, or we find out that something's happened to someone that we care about or something's happened in the world or whatever it may be, how do we react to those things when nobody's around? Do we, we meaning each one of us, right, do we go directly to our faith? Do we go directly to our conditioning from our parents? Do we go directly to emotional reactions? Do we What do we do? What do you do? Um for instance, um when I was traveling, <clears throat> I had an incident where um someone very close to me, I guess they were they were having a very bad night and we were communicating via text. Okay, so I was all alone and we're texting and something was said It was a a little unkind and extremely disrespectful and shocking to me, just shocking to me. And and so the way that I dealt with it in private would be how I deal with things when no one is looking, right? So for me, usually my first go-to is taking a deep breath, centering myself, and and finding the bigger picture and asking for some insight so that I don't go directly to emotion. Although, you know, as a human being, which contrary to popular belief, I think I probably am one, um, you immediately are conditioned to kind of go to that emotional response. And this is where we run into a lot of issues, I think. And so although it is the human factor to go immediately to emotion, does that always serve us? You know, so what I'm finding is that when nobody's around and I have things to deal with, I'm finding that there's a nice blend of of faith and allowing the emotions to give me um, sort of, it's almost like when you get a balanced view of them, I'm so sorry when you get a balanced view of of the emotions you don't let them run wild and just completely take you over Um, and you blend that with the overall bigger picture that you can oftentimes use the emotion as fuel to set boundaries or to move further than you would normally or what I've learned living in Sedona is that we can get to, um, you know, when we're, we're pursuing enlightenment and that sort of thing, that's um, sort of wanting to understand the non earth way of seeing things, the spiritual way or the angelic way or the godlike way, Christ like way, whatever it may be. And, and that's wonderful. But we do also live here on earth. So, how do we function here on earth while maintaining? this other, um, you know, the enlightenment phase that we all seem to be seeking. So I'm finding on my path that, um, that there's a nice blend. The emotions make for a very nice fuel or, or kind of a battery jump start for action, and the enlightened part allows me to really see the big picture and decide which direction I'd like to take it. So, for instance, when when this person um, sort of had their little meltdown and aimed it at me, <laughs> you know, I my first instinct was to just kind of fire back, right? Because that's what you do, except that's not what I do, whether anybody's looking or not. And so... I stopped, and I asked for guidance and i I was shown to use the emotion that I was feeling to set boundaries with this person and to do so in a loving, enlightened manner, but by no means um, be <clears throat> a pushover and so with with strength and love, I set some very clear boundaries and and let them know in no uncertain terms how offensive their actions were and that I didn't believe that that was justified or or um, uh, warranted. There you go. And uh, and then I, I just turned the phone off so that because to go any further, it felt would just continue to go into emotion rather than be constructive. So um, I went ahead and turned the phone off so that that was that you know, setting boundaries again. And so it was interesting to see how I was able to use the emotional aspect as fuel to move forward in an enlightened manner of handling things. And so, um, you know, for me, when I look back and go, okay, how do I behave when no one's watching? um, I do always turn to my faith first, for me personally and i think it's important for all of us to be honest with ourselves even if we're somebody who now i know somebody else and it's funny because these are all people that you guys know they call into the show that kind of thing um there's there's someone else i know who really um has prided themselves on being kind of kind of hard you know <laughs> kind of uh um Strong and closed and you know, I'm tough, right? But when nobody's looking, oh my gosh, are they the biggest teddy bear and the kindest soul that you would ever want to meet and they can't do enough for other people, but never when somebody's looking. So it's very interesting and I honestly see that more often than I see people who are doing the wrong thing when no one's looking. It's, um, it's a very interesting shift because I don't know that I can say it's always been that way. So I would encourage you all to stop and think about, okay, if, say, you see, you see somebody crying on a park bench and there's nobody else around. Now granted, the person crying on the bench is looking, but but nobody else is. It's not like you're out to impress the world or anything. Or How do you handle that? It's just you and this person crying on a bench and what do you do when no one else is looking? Do you stop and talk to them? Do you walk by and not even think about it? Do you make sure that There is no eye contact, there is no nothing, no connection made whatsoever because you don't want to step into that. And there is no right or wrong. It's just a matter of getting to know how you handle things. It's a matter of understanding. Okay, so if you're driving down a country road at night, do you watch out for animals running in the road? Personally, I drive a little slower just to be sure because I live in the country and (laughs) <laughs> and there are a lot of animals that dart out in the road. And so I tend to drive slower because I don't want to take the chance of hurting anybody. And I tend to spend, you know, a portion of the time every every so many minutes or so just, uh, you know, asking that the road be cleared ahead of me and that that everyone stays whole and perfect and healthy. And nobody knows I do that. Well, they do now, but I don't do that for anything other than that's just what I do when I'm alone. That's just what I feel to be right. Now, some people go oh, cool, a dark country road and they go screaming through and they don't think twice about the fact that there could be animals and that's okay. It's their business. Um, but it's, it's just interesting, the varying degrees of, of how people handle different things. So when, uh, and you guys are welcome to to call in at any point and chat with me if you like, but um you know it's three four seven six seven seven one four four three and uh so when we say read news stories, for instance, today I read something there was something posted on Facebook that was very intense. it was something that's going on that's a news story that is not being talked about by the media by the you know manipulated media. Anyway, and uh, and it's about some uh, some things that could be very dangerous, you know, going on. And I read it, and I went to hit share, and I thought, okay, but if the mass number of people read this, they could they could really react with fear. They could, and that could just make things worse. So <clears throat> for me, I opted to. Um, create a separate message with, with this link to this news story and send it to the people that I know that would react with prayer or with meditation or with working with, you know, the situation in that light rather than react out of fear. Now, there are many different ways to handle things like that, you know. And so I would ask when you guys, find something like that do you what is your response because what we do on Facebook as much as it seems like it has become one of those situations where what we do on Facebook is kind of what we're doing when nobody's looking even though it's a massive social media kind of thing so how do you how do you handle something like that how do you handle you know anything that you see that that is extremely exciting? Do you keep it to yourself? Do you share it with the world? Do you share it with certain people? When you are walking down the street and you see litter on the side of the road, do you pick it up? Do you add to it? Do you just leave it alone? Do you, you know, do you go off in your head about, wow, horrible rotten people throwing their litter down and blah, blah, blah. Do you just walk by it and not think twice about it because you litter yourself? I don't know. How do you these things that we're we're faced with every single day are all things for us to stop and look at as they're happening and go, "Okay, am I happy with the way I handle this when nobody's looking? Am I being the person that I want to be when nobody's looking?" Because ultimately, somebody is looking. You're there. You know, the only person in the world whose opinion matters you ultimately is yours and so what kind of behavior do you present to yourself do you present behavior that allows you to honor yourself to respect yourself do you present behavior that maybe you don't feel so good about if you're looking at it from an outside perspective because ultimately there is always somebody looking and it's i'm not talking about god and i'm not talking even about angels they're there but they're non-judgmental so whatever you know for you how do you feel about what you see when you look at yourself in situations where there's no one else to influence or impress you and when you're alone and you're moving through these different things who is influencing you just because they're not there doesn't mean they're not influencing you when uh, <clears throat> when my kids were little, we had a rule that um, if they threw something out the car window or if they littered at all, they had to, for every piece of garbage they threw, they had to pick up 10 others. So we would, you know, I remember one time, I think I think it was somebody threw something out the window of the car and I stopped the car and pulled over and they had to pick up the one piece that was theirs or one that accounted for theirs, if, if we were already passed where their litter was and they had to pick up 10 others. And so we had to, we stopped the car and they had to get out and pick up litter on the side of the road. And they thought I was just the craziest thing, you know, but it was something that I had heard from their grandparents that they had always done with, um, with their dad's family, you know, and I really liked that. So When, and I do it, if I inadvertently drop something or whatever, I mean, I don't litter, but if I, if I end up dropping something and, you know, stuff happens, whatever, then I'll, I'll find 10 pieces of litter to pick up, to make up for it. And, and so, yes, that's me when nobody's looking, but I'm being influenced by people who were in my lives or who, who is, who are in my life, excuse me, (laughs) So, who influences you when nobody's looking a lot of times when we're young and we want to impress people and that kind of thing, and we've got our little group that that we're wanting to uh to look cool to we say let ourselves be impress- or be influenced by um
1: i don't know like the,
0: whoever's popular in t v now I don't even watch t v so i'm I'm a horrible these are horrible examples but uh <clears throat> we allow ourselves to be influenced by what's cool. And then when we're alone, we may be influenced by, you know, I don't know, our founding fathers or Gandhi or who knows what. And so it's interesting to see what we choose to be influenced by when all of this is just very self-reflective. You know, it's upon self-reflection that we begin to understand ourselves and know ourselves and it's important that we reflect upon how we are when people are around versus how we are when people aren't around and begin to understand why. Why is that? Why do we shift? Why do we change? Is it an ego-based decision? Because we care about what what we look like. Is it sometimes if we're very empathic, we become like chameleons. And so um you know, you may find that you or a friend or somebody tends to shift a little bit depending on what crowd they're hanging out with. And so sometimes we kind of make fun of people for that or say that you're being weak and you're not being yourself and that kind of thing. But the reality is if somebody's an empath, then they do sort of, it is very chameleon-like because when you're around different groups of people, you absorb that energy and you sort of take that on and you you want to be aware of this because you can use that to your benefit you can decide what you want to be like and start hanging around those people so that that's the you control the energy you're taking on you also can begin to understand yourself better if that's the case if you're somebody who does that or if you you know have a a partner who does that and you think, well, why can't you just be yourself everywhere? Why do you have to change with every group? It can cause some friction and reality. If they're an empath by changing with every group that they're around, they are being themselves. That is who they are. It's an interesting skill or an interesting, it's not even a skill. It's just a way of life. Uh, The skill is when you refine how to use it to your benefit and make sure that it doesn't harm you. Um, so what do we what do we begin to understand about ourselves when we understand what we're like when nobody's looking? We begin to understand what we truly feel about ourselves. So the way you behave when no one is looking is what you choose to express to yourself in spirit. So we're about halfway through the show and it's kind of, you know, it's a, we're talking as if it's light but it's actually a pretty deep subject and so I really encourage you guys to to take this one with you today and and play with it, you know, maybe over the next week or so just kind of play with it and see what am I like when people are around, what am I like when people aren't around and how do I feel about the person I am when nobody's around. It is something you can control. You can refine and develop yourself. That's kind of the point of being here is to refine and develop yourself into what you choose to be. So, all right. And we really, really have no callers, huh? Nobody's gonna call and talk to me today.
1: <laughs>
0: all right. Well that's fine. I'll just keep rambling and that'll serve you. I'll just that'll show you. Goodness. See, I got up too early today, so my words are coming out funny. All right. So the other thing that uh, we wanted to talk about, now I I don't remember because we talked about it at the beginning of the show. And for the life of me, I can't remember. So we are going to just talk about some links you guys can go to, and hopefully it will come to me. (laughs) So we're going to uh, just kind of give a shout-out to um, Spring Rain Paoni, who... uh, you know, wrote my favorite cookbook, Eat Conscious and Be Merry. If if you're somebody who is needing to go gluten free, or even just wanting to find some gluten free recipes because it's a nice shift or a nice change, Eat Conscious and Be Merry by Spring Marine Peony is fabulous. Really easy, really yummy. Not like gross gluten free. It's also dairy free. A lot of it's raw. Um, I actually just made the chocolate mousse recipe. It's avocado and an avocado base, and then it tastes like chocolate mousse and i made it for a dinner party that uh that i went to on saturday and and it was fun to watch everybody try to guess what was in it it was kind of neat it was a big hit and everybody loved it so that was kind of neat um so you can go to holisticnaturalsco.com and find her cookbook and find her whole line of um supplements there's you know Okay, so I'm not in a relationship, so I don't use this one, but there's one called Hello, Honey. And uh, I hear wonderful things about that from from people who are in relationships. And uh, so it just kind of gets you feeling a little more lively, I believe, and and a little more fun-loving, if you know what I mean. And uh, one of the ones that I use the most is the Moringa, and uh, that's a superfood. So it really gives you pretty much all the nutrition you need. It's a nice base if you take that and then... You know what you eat um, for the rest of the day just gives you added nutrition, so you're not missing anything when you take that. So it's a uh, it's a nice one to take as well. And then also the Pure Energy is fantastic. So you can go to holisticnaturalco.com and check those out. Spring actually makes all those herself herself and uh, Reiki's them and and uh, just all of that. So it's pretty phenomenal. And then also, you know, we want to go to um, Sacred Light of Sedona, obviously, and check out the sacredlightofsedona.com. Check out the center there. If you're going to be in Sedona, drop by and say hello. We're at 1456 Highway 179 in Sedona, and uh, that's the center I work through. And I love to see people. We have people drop by every now and again. It's kind of nifty. And uh, so there you go. So I still haven't remembered what the other thing was we were going to talk about, so I'm just going to continue rambling about um, things you can do. I guess we'll go to things you can do to shift who you are when nobody's looking, if that's what you desire. And also to sort of get to understand what other people are like when no one's looking. I think it's important that we... um, We kind of understand each other a little bit. You know, we're here cohabitating on this earth and we interact with each other on different levels. And I think sometimes to understand people, we need to understand what they're like when no one else is looking. And granted, how can we know what they're like when no one else is looking if they're only that way when we're not around? (coughs) That's a good question. Except that there are, you know, if we observe there are always times where you can see somebody when they think nobody's looking, you know, and I don't mean go stalking, right? <laughs> don't go peeking in their windows at night. Um, just just watching people, just listening to them when they speak, just being present in the conversations with them and in your time with them. There are a lot of times that you can see what they just naturally do, you know, and I think this is a really good one for You know, if you're sort of starting a relationship with someone or you uh, are starting a business partnership with someone, it's good to understand who they are on all aspects, you know. And so taking time to do that is beneficial for everybody. So we have a caller, area code 210. I'm going to go ahead and pull you over and
1: go ahead and tell us your name. Hi. Hi. Good morning. This is Texas Pearl in chat. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Once again, your topic resonates with something going on in my life. (laughs) Fabulous, because it was about 30 seconds before the show started that I finally got it. So, (laughs) Uh, nothing like the last minute. I had talked to you once before about my my, uh, youngest daughter starting a new school. And we were hoping that she would get transferred to another high school. And Mm so we thought that um, we both kind of agreed that it would take her off her path if she wasn't transferred. Right. Well, after that, you know, it was like, you know, Mama with a Mission. I went after the schools, and I talked to the board, and everybody and I got, and they said that we didn't grant any numbers for transference. So no one Mm -hmm. got transferred. So all those students who want to be transferred from, you know, there's just as many students that want to go to her school, that want to go to the other schools. They could have just transferred them back and forth and it would have been equaled out. Right. But since the district didn't give them any numbers, they didn't transfer any. So, um anyway, she has become um she's quite unhappy. Right. And so I'm kind of sitting here and I'm wondering, you know, she has she comes home and she's trying to isolate herself, stay in her room and we're talking about a girl who was happy to go to school. Right. Who really enjoyed it. It would come in the door, laugh about her day, sit down, do her homework, have a snack, hang out with the family. And now she's complaining and happy and isolating herself. So, and I'm wondering, we've been talking to her about attitude and accepting her situation even though it's not changeable and putting on a good face for other people. And, um right. And we're wondering, you know, we keep talking about drawing negativity toward her. Mm-hmm. So, and we're not right. doing a lot of good. <laughs> I think that she may have, you know, one face for us and go on there and put on a happy, kind of happy face. But then uh, everything she's attracted to the negativity because she doesn't like where she's at. Right. Well, and that does happen, doesn't it?
0: Yes. You know what we're because we come, we become. Well, we don't become. We are little antennas or like little cell phone towers or whatever. We emit these frequencies and then other frequencies that are like that are drawn to us. So, as far as energy goes, we kind of um, it just we just attract what we're resonating with what we're putting out, and putting on a happy face if you're very unhappy helps to a degree, but not a whole lot. so I think that it's you know like we I do remember when we talked about that, and I believe I remember um her angels kind of saying if if it didn't work out." to transfer then, and I'm trying to remember what they said exactly, but it was something I believe like, um, like, I don't know. It was, wasn't that just a, one of her life lessons that, but that she needed to see somebody would fight for it. That that was ultimately, you know, so she saw That's that you did huh, seriously, it's October and there's a snow plow driving by my house. That's so hysterical.
1: <laughs> Florida girl is very
0: happy to be in the snow right now. Um, So I think the the important part was for her to see, okay, we did everything we could to try and change it. But there are situations in life where you can't change things because it just is the bureaucratic way or nature's way or whatever it may be in any particular situation. And so it probably is a really good time for her to begin to understand that, you know, your situation is what you make out of it. And so... Maybe finding the positives in the situation and start drawing the positive energy into it in a subtle way. Like I don't know that I would bombard her with Mary Sunshine stuff because it'll probably just tick her off more. Oh but, yes,
1: we tried yeah. that. You're just saying that because you want me to go there. I said no. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, the
0: situation is what it is. You're there. We, you know, everybody did everything they could. You're there. Everybody is there. She's not the only one. And so now she has the choice to be happy or not be happy. And this is actually, um, it really does resonate with the topic because right now she's formulating what she's going to be like in the future. This experience can help her formulate how she's going to handle things that don't necessarily go her way, that are out of her control. And is she going to allow it to collapse her or is she going to decide to make something out of it you know and it's it's completely her choice and it is very much what are you going to do when nobody's looking you know and so maybe this is a way for you to approach that because really you know we have to be happy with ourselves and who we are when nobody's around or else we are gonna be very, very lonely. You know. It's important that we enjoy who we are when nobody's around. And so if she's in this situation that isn't um isn't what she wanted, is she just gonna be miserable the whole time or is she gonna to opt to make something okay out of it? You know, it's just the block of wood she's been given. What's she gonna carve out of it? So Very does
1: true. that make sense? Oh, it makes a lot of sense. I just don't, okay. you know, um, and it's taken me, it's kind of funny, I if I could give her a gift, it would be to understand where I'm at because it, it took me 50 years to realize I'm just going to, I'm done working on me. I'm just going to enjoy who I am now. Right. I'm sorry if you don't like what I say or they do. I've <laughs> thought about it carefully, you know. Uh-huh. But I'm just at the point where I, I'm not going to be um, easily knocked off the railroad tracks that I'm on. Very nice. Just because Very nice. we disagree. Um, right. I honor you. I respect you. I actually love, you know, people a lot. But, you know, mm-hmm. at times we won't agree. For her, right. um, I, you know, I observe her in front of people. And while she tries to put on a, a happy face, it's not genuine. But she mm-hmm. does need to learn that everything won't go her way. I just don't know what to do with this, you know, unhappy child that I have. And, and I think it's hard to see solutions when you're in it, it sometimes. Right. Absolutely. So to have this so, perspective is helpful because it gets me, it kind of refocuses me on on what I should be focusing on. <laughs> well, good, good. My focal point, um, my focal point is, is to make the best of the situation. But right. You know, I to think,
0: <laughs> well, and I think that, you know, you can always play the archives. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but I think that if it can be, it can be a very valuable experience if it's just, it's just a matter of shifting the perspective. So, you know, we were told, I do remember clearly that we were told what mattered was for her to see you fighting for what, you know, the transfer. And then if it didn't happen as long as you fought for it, then it could go okay. I think I re- I think I remember that kind of being, you know, if it was just allowed to just be let go, then that would totally knock her off her path, but because there was the fight for it and you did everything you could, then that as I recall in the reading, we were we were saying that that would make a difference. So she's how old? She's 15? 14. 14? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: a time where it's time for her to decide how does she handle things in life. What she begins doing now is the beginning of the path she's going to walk. And so this experience is really the first of what are you going to choose to do? And it's totally her call, but she can use some guidance. She can be shown that, you know, it is a choice. And I don't think the super, super positive Polly kind of way is, is the way to deal with it. Because <laughs> I think that's kind of like poking <laughs> a bear. But if, if she's, and I think it's like you drop little seeds and then she just, kind of processes on her own and i think you'll begin to see a shift with her but it's it's definitely like um a process i used when i teach classes i would call things like this breadcrumbs from the universe so if you can leave little breadcrumbs for her along the way to sort of get her seeing things from a different perspective but it's very nonchalant it's very subtle and there may be times where you have to sit down and just be very in her face about, you know, you have a choice. You don't have a choice about what school you go to, but you do have a choice in the perspective you take upon it. And that's totally up to her. And the frustrating part about being a parent is that that damn free will. <laughs> I have boys, I know, there are times, I have especially one in particular that I'm thinking... You know, couldn't we just like put that free will thing on hold for a little while, like <laughs> him mature and then give it back to him?
1: <clears throat> but I think um, she's at the cusp of of understanding her free will. <laughs> so that's a yes, beautiful it. thing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, what did she say? I said What was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's are you it's sure a little are you sure you used to say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, and it's and they grow up to be who they're going to be. Like you know, I used to, before I had my kids, I used to think the parents had something to do with it. And now I go, I don't I don't really know that we do. I don't know. I think we just feed and house Well, we them. did. I don't
1: know. We did. We started out having something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. it kind of takes, takes over. And at the some thing point is that it around. starts
0: to come back around. You can start to see the things that you, you instilled in them. Like mine is, is the you know, my oldest is 26 now, very free-willed, very strong personality and and he definitely went rogue for a while and uh, now I'm beginning to see still very much himself still you know very different than I would have expected but um, I do see the morals and the values and, and that kind of thing that were instilled and so it's nice but it's it's also taken quite a while for me to see that, <laughs>
1: and that that's the crazy thing is that you know I've got a 26 year old also who's visiting right now and it's it's interesting, about from about fourteen, fifteen, um mm-hmm. they kind of go off on their own. About fifteen years later they come back. <laughs> well, you know,
0: there's the, the seven year cycles are very interesting to get to know. Um fourteen to twenty one, they're just getting and it's spiritually as well as psychologically, but they're just getting that, hey, wait a minute, I have free will? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> and then they go a little nutty with it. And then twenty one to twenty eight they kind of start to come back around a little bit. they go, "Okay, I have free will, but you know maybe I'm a little scared by that <laughs> and they start to they kind of start to come back around and then you know twenty eight to to thirty five they really begin getting a good head on their shoulders so it's It's just moving through those seven year cycles that man, seven years can be a long time. <laughs>
1: It <laughs> really long <So>, time.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really can be. I just keep telling my son, just make it to twenty-eight, man. Just let's just have that. Don't even worry about what you're doing with your life. Let's just make it to twenty-eight, you know. So it's a that's a brutal cycle, that twenty-one to twenty-eight. And uh, you know, thank God I don't have to do it again. So I have two of them well, in that
1: I cycle, have, and it's interesting. Well, I have several children, <laughs> so I think I'll get, I'll get the lesson several times. <laughs> Kind
0: of crazy, isn't it? Got to love them. Now, (laughs) that's what my best friend used to tell me all the time. I actually wrote it down somewhere so I could look at it and go, right, Bev says, I got to love them. (laughs) So when nobody's looking, um, because I like this topic, when nobody's looking, how do you handle it when nobody's looking as far as like when you're not having to be, a role model when you're not like this not being able to transfer her and the way the bureaucrats handled the situation when you're not having to be the responsible whatever or when you're not having to be mama bear fighting for her cub or whatever it may be how do you feel about things like that what what is your reaction when it's just you in your own head if you don't mind me asking cuz I just on No, mind.
1: no, I don't mind you asking. I just I don't I don't know that I've put it into words yet. Um I probably will go to I think that I go into a contemplative mode. Mhm. You know, how is she feeling? How am I feeling? Um and I just I become sad for her.
0: Okay. Right. And so then you don't let her see that side of you. Right. Okay. And why not? Just
1: curious. Because, because I feel if I did that, that I would bring her down. Okay. Like you would weaken, weaken yes. her? Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. See, I just think it's really interesting for us to really get a handle on the whys. So it's not so much that, I don't know, I mean it may be, but my feel is intuitively that it's not so much that you would bring her down as you would weaken her, by her thinking, oh, well, mom feels sad for me, so there must be a reason to be sad. So now I feel weaker. How would she perceive that? Mm -hmm. You know her better than I do. I feel like that's, I don't know. I feel like that's a good question for you, though. There's got to be some reason that that, because, you know, it's not me really talking to you, it's your angels or whoever, so. (laughs) I'm just the mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: so maybe there's a reason that that question came up well maybe maybe by doing so it would allow compassion to be the prevalent feeling it's something maybe that's just okay why of it you know
0: i think that's maybe the message one of the messages they want to get through with this show is okay so understanding how we are when nobody's looking and then understanding the why And when we have family situations or situations with loved ones and our knee-jerk reaction is to behave one way when we're with them and another when we're not, why are we not sharing that side? You know, And there may be a valid reason, but there may not be. It may just be conditioning. Well, my mom would never... I know somebody that I, I have worked with in the past, I've done some counseling with, it was kind of this, my mom never would have shown her vulnerable side. And they, they were a mom now and they're trying to figure it out, right? And so they're just automatically doing what their mom did. And so when we really looked at it, they realized, well, okay, that didn't really help anybody. And so they well, started showing their more
1: compassionate side. If I did if I did um express oh, we're really we're really disappointed that she didn't get to, rather than Lily, you know, my daughter's really disappointed that she didn't get to go. If it mm-hmm. became a we are disappointed that she didn't get to go, that would shift it from um, an individual to a family. Right. And then it would she would feel supported. help. Yes. Mm.
0: Sometimes There's we get a... so carried away with trying to be strong for other people that we forget that there is strength in being honest about, okay, yeah, this was a blow. We all were hoping for whatever the goal was, but it didn't happen, and that's just how life goes sometimes. So now we're here, how do we choose to proceed? You know? Perhaps that's why that came up, because that's not really, I have kind of felt like I was butting into your business. No,
1: but I just do all. what they tell me to do, so. <laughs> Interesting. So good. Well, that'll be an opportunity. That'd be an opportunity for us to grow as a family, then, if we if we shifted our perspective, uh, shifted the um, if we all shared the same feelings, right. And you know, it also first-
0: the thing is too, and this is something that parents of kids today, because kids today are very different than they were back in my day or whatever. Um, they know they can smell a lie. They know if you're not being honest. They may not know what the honest aspect is, right? So perhaps you're you're feeling exactly what they are, but you want to appear to be strong. They'll sense that there's a lie going on. You're not being honest. But then their little emotional minds get carried away filling in the blanks. And they're sensitive enough to know something's not being said. But they're not in tune enough to be able to go, oh, it's because she's also feeling bad and she doesn't want to blah, blah, blah. No, it's, oh, you're lying to me and you really feel like blah, 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 blah. You know, the the attitude and the whatever they're going to fill the blanks in with because they're angry and and whatever. So one of the things that I seem to be sharing with parents, it seems like, is that you, you don't really get the privacy that we used to get. You know, because they see through stuff and you have to sort of be a little more honest with them than our parents would have been with us. When we're trying to protect them by hiding something from them or keeping something from them or just not sharing something with them, they know. And then they feel like you're betraying them, you're lying to them, they can't trust you. Because they know something's up, they just don't know what it is.
1: So that may also account
0: for... But you know, how do
1: you, it's like, you know, it's a fine line between sharing too much and not sharing enough. And, you know, it's kind of a judgment call then, I think.
0: Right? It is, um, wow, I just, tell me if I lose you, because I just apparently signed out of the studio. <laughs> We're going to see if I can get the studio. I'm trying to do the studio on my cell phone because I have no computer. Um, yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, if I go away, that's why I've lost myself on my silly phone computer. Um, okay, we're back. Can you Please, hear me? Right? I can, yeah, and I've got the studio okay. back, so we're good. Okay, so did I go away or no? Um, no, you were there. Okay, fabulous. Okay, and so I think that it's a new way of parenting, and nobody really has all the answers, honestly. I We're all just figuring it out together. You know, and there is that fine line between sharing too much and not sharing enough and that kind of thing. I think that perhaps sharing the fact that, you know, in your situation, sharing the fact that, you know what, I'm disappointed as well. I know that you wanted to go to that school. I know that a lot of your friends wanted to go to that school and, you know, not just for her, but for everybody, the other kids from the school that wanted to come where she was, <coughs> um just a disappointment in the bureaucrats and the way they handle things or in the situation, whatever it is you feel. Maybe expressing that much, but maybe not going super in-depth to your your personal, you know, I'm sorry to see you so sad and I'm sorry to really delving into the emotions of it. Maybe don't do that. I, it
1: really is you know a mind. I, I just had a big thought what these two schools and what these two schools need to do, and the counselors are open to suggestions, and they react mm-hmm. pretty quickly from what I've seen, mm-hmm. is they need they need to pull the kid in and have a meeting with these kids and address these emotions because she has got to be she has to be not the only child who is feeling this. Right. So, but these high schools need to address the emotional issues of it <clears> and tell them I'm sorry. Rather than just pretending it's not a problem and and just closing the door on everyone.
0: Well, I think that might help
1: a massive number of of students rather than just not dealing with it at all. Right. Well, that sounds like a really good idea. I will
0: email the counselor. Actually, I want to call her. And I would I would definitely, you know, go with your gut and share with your daughter some of what you're feeling so that she doesn't feel like she's the only one feeling it. Because you know how it is when you're a teenager. You always think you're the only one feeling anything, you know. And well, people and they, can say, oh, I sympathize with you, I understand. But if she sees that, you know, if you're expressing to her
1: how you feel as well, you know but look at look at the opportunity that that would give so she's mm-hmm. now in a room with other children or other students who feel exactly the same way she does right. so these kids are going these students are going to be more apt to make friends with one another and not isolate themselves anymore right. because they feel the same way
0: and they may they may uh have a little less disrespect for the school if the school is doing something to try and address it and and assist
1: Maybe they should oh. have a donut morning.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Donuts bring well, everybody in.
0: <laughs> there you go. I think that you have a wonderful idea there.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you for helping oh, me. Oh, my come pleasure. To that. That's wonderful. Definitely. That's All right. Good, perfect. Have a so great day. I love you listening again. to your show. Oh, thank Aw, you. Thank you. To you. <laughs> All right. Have
0: a great day. Bye. You too. Bye bye. All right, you guys. So we have about three minutes left. So we um, don't have time for a full-blown meditation, but we do have time for some. So we're just going to uh, real briefly I want to reiterate those links for you guys. And I don't get paid to do this. I just believe in them. So sacredlightofsedona.com holisticnaturalsco.com Go check them out. Those are my very best some of my very best friends and and uh, really good stuff, so check those out. So we have just a little over two minutes, so we're going to just relax, and two minutes we can get a nice meditation in. So we are just put everything away for a moment and take some nice deep breaths and allow yourself to become very present. Allow yourself to begin becoming aware of your breath of the way it flows into your body, through your body. And as you exhale, seeing that energy move out and sharing with the world. And with love, we bring in the next breath and we ask the light of creation to come along with it. And we feel the air as well as the energy moving through our body Exciting the particles, exciting the body, the cells, physical and energetic level renewed and refreshed. And as we exhale, we feel any stressors moving out with love and respect and we ask that that energy be recycled into something productive. And we see a beautiful light moving through us, this light of creation that's always there. We just become aware of it now. It may appear as rainbows or you may just feel it or know that it's there. And we see it begin to swirl in a clockwise motion, very gently, cleansing, renewing, re-energizing. And we see this light now move throughout our environment, throughout the room you're in, the building you're in, the property. And we leave this light of love out there, thanking the powers that be with uh, gratitude for everything that has come into our lives. And we bring our awareness back now to our heart chakra. We take a nice deep breath and say thank you to the universe. We're ready to start our day with love and gratitude, bliss and harmony. A nice deep breath. Relax and open your eyes. And remember that if you want more meditation, I know that was a quick one, but if you like more, we always have the archives and their meditations in about the last 10 minutes of most of those shows. Everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.